Happy Sabbath, church. Today's scripture reading is 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 28. So that there should be no division in the body, but its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Happy Sabbath again. It's so good to be with you guys, to be in the house of the Lord together, to have baby dedications, visitors, to see this church growing. There are people giving Bible studies, receiving Bible studies, praying about baptism, praying about joining the church. We're doing anointings. We're anointing people in the name of the Lord. We're seeing miracles happen at Bucks County, 7th Avenue Church. We're seeing people that are helped. We're seeing people that are encouraged. We're sending out cards. We're sending out prayers. When we pull these names, they're not just being pulled to just look at and say, oh, that was nice. My name got pulled. We're praying, not just on Sabbath, but throughout the week. We started this year off right. We started with what? We started with prayer. The month of February was about what? Families. And now we're talking about what? What is our theme now? Anybody know? Spiritual gifts. And some people have been panicking. They're like, oh my goodness, spiritual gifts. How are we going to do that? We know how to pray. At least we think we do. We know how to have families. I mean, they're kind of just all around us. But how in the world do we illustrate, how do we help you to understand spiritual gifts? And last week, you guys were privileged. You were blessed to have one of my uh, associates, Pastor Brooks from the Fairview Village Church, and he presented a powerful message laying the foundation for us. And many of you guys told me, you said, you know what? That was a wonderful message. But when I asked you to tell me a little bit more, you just smiled. Now, I know Bucks County, you got those nice smiles because, you know, you're filled with the Spirit of God, but we want to desire the best, don't we? We want the best for our children. We want the best for ourselves. We want the best for God. Amen? And so how do we get more than to be satisfied with simply that was a good message? How do we walk away with actually retaining and life-changing principles so that we can live a better family life, so that we can have a better prayer life, so that we can actually live out our spiritual gifts? Now, I know sometimes when you're put on the spot, it can be very difficult, and maybe it's there, and I know I know with all surety that whenever the word of God is presented, it does not come back without doing its purpose. It will accomplish it. It does plant a seed. And so even if you can't remember all the details, I know it was not in vain. But what if you could have more? What if you're leaving something on the table? Now, before I dive into my opening prayer and jump into my message, let's do a quick review because we're all one spirit, right? One message, one Bible. And so what was it? And I know some of you remember because my group that came out on Wednesday night, they remembered a lot of what Pastor Brooks said. But I know some of you that I talked to right after the church service did not remember as much. And so um, let's see if we can help each other out. What was it that Pastor Brooks was trying to share to you last Sabbath? Okay, say that louder. Is it in us? And then he started to focus on a, not an it, but a who. Who is it that needs to be in us? Jesus needs to be in us. We can get no spiritual gifts if we don't have the spirit in us. Amen? 
And he compared it to an illustration that I know you can't forget because it's been marketed with millions of dollars. Gatorade, that's right. He used that, and that was a great illustration. He also talked about tree bark. Do you guys remember that? And about it's not what the bark looks like on the outside, but what's happening what? On the inside. And Pastor Brooks said something that I hope you remember, and that is he mentioned that spiritual gifts are not your talents. Did you remember that? That's why we've done this wrong for a long period of time. We've taken what we call spiritual gift inventories, and really all we've done is identified your talents and what you're passionate about. But that is not a spiritual gift. It can be used as a spiritual gift, but a spiritual gift is a gift given from God to you. Until you open that gift... And you go, oh, where's the owner's manual? How do I use this thing, right? Oh, that's a really nice gift. A gift given is of no value if you don't use it, right? So what I want you to be doing, and I, as I have my prayer, I'm going to be praying that you guys do this. I want you to be contemplating, praying, prayerfully looking for one thing. What is God asking me to do? I don't want you to focus on what am I good at? What am I comfortable with? I want you to focus on what is God asking me to do? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we pulled a name from the box, Lois Shores. Lord, and we want to just uplift her right now in this divine service because, Lord, we're not just wanting to pray now, but we want to remember to pray for her throughout the week. To pray, Lord, that she would receive that which is best, that she would have Christ in her life, that she would choose you day by day, that she would be encouraged in times where she may feel discouragement, Lord, that you would come to her and give her comfort, that you would give her healing, and that she would know that she was loved. Lord, I want to continue to pray for little Joshua and uh, for Eric and Catherine, and Lord, for their dedication that they gave today to raise little Joshua in the way of the Lord. I want to pray for others that maybe have little ones that haven't dedicated them yet, that they would see the value of dedicating their children to you. Lord, I pray that we would week after week have baptisms and dedications and that we would be so busy with these things because, Lord, your spirit would be running through our churches, running through the internet as we speak, Lord, that your message would go forth with power and vigor because it would be you, O oh Lord. May we be lost sight of. May our talents not be what we seek, but may we seek your face. May we seek to understand what it is that you're asking us to do, and may we be willing to do whatever you call us to do, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have this old book, dust it off, pull it out. I know some of you and Pastor Brooks was a lot kinder. He was saying, you know, if you got your phone, get off of Twitter and uh, Instagram and all the other stuff and get onto the Bible app and you can do that too. But there's just something special about this book. I don't know when I feel it in my hands when I turn the pages, and I like to mark my Bible. And some people don't want to mark their Bible, and that's okay wherever you are. I like to mark it because it's almost like it just imprints into my heart and my brain. I don't know what it is, but I'll turn and I'll be you know, having to study with someone. And when I turn to that passage that was marked, it just comes flooding back to me. And so I want to find ways, I want to find creative ways that work for me in order to retain information. Because the devil is constantly trying to attack, distract. He'll use everything. He'll use good means. He'll use, all, he'll use your busyness of your week, how tired you are. After all, it's the Sabbath, the day of rest. So you start dozing off. Whatever it is, he'll use it in order to take away what's best. And my friends, I don't want to be like those that lived in the days of Jesus, that saw the miracles but received nothing, 
I don't want to be like those who one day called out, crucify him. I want to have a presence and an encounter with Jesus, and I want it to change my life and my children's life, and I'm hoping it will change yours too. Amen? So if you'll turn with me today, we're not going to be doing a lot of gymnastics in the Bible today. I'm going to be mainly staying in one chapter. We're going to move to one other after that, but I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. So don't worry if you're not real fast and you've got to use the index. You've got plenty of time. We're going to be there for a while. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. If you get there, say amen. Amen. It says, chapter 12 and verse 1. Now concerning what? What is our theme? Spiritual gifts. It says, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. That means to be uninformed, to lack something, to not receive what is being mentioned or wanting to be presented to you. He says, look, concerning spiritual gifts, some of you are not understanding. Concerning spiritual gifts, there are those that they are church members of God, but they just don't get it. They're fighting and bickering over who has this and who has that. But he wants to correct that. He says in verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles. What does it mean that you were Gentiles? You were pagans. You were living apart from God. At one time, you didn't have Christ in you, right? You know this. You understand. I don't care if you were raised by Seventh-day Adventist parents. There was a time in which you had to make a decision for yourself. And there was a time before that that you were just following along, but maybe your heart wasn't fully given to God. Amen? It says you were carried away to these dumb idols. What is going on with these idols? What does this have to do with spiritual gifts? Maybe we've idolized our talents, what we're good at, what we're comfortable with, right? We were carried away before we knew God, before we understood that God doesn't ever ask you to stay where it's comfortable. Before we learned that God is the one who would part the Red Sea, but only after we thought that we were about to be destroyed and killed, right? The the God who would wait until we were without water before he would bring water from the rock. The God who was constantly meeting our needs, but constantly challenging us to move forward, despite everything saying to go back. You know, those kind of dumb idols. And he makes it very clear because it says, however you were led. We were led by our flesh, by our desires, but what we thought was comfortable. But now we're being led by God, by the Spirit of God. And he's saying, look, this is the way. Go you in it. And what do we do? Do we go? I hope the answer is yes, right? Then it goes on and says, therefore, you know why that's there? Therefore, it's therefore because he's trying to explain to you what he just said before, right? He says, therefore, I make known to you that how many? No one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. How many? No one. So let's first do a little inventory here to see if you are capable of receiving the spirit of God, the gifts of God. I want you to say these words and only say it if you mean it. Jesus is blessed. blessed. Amen. So if you could say that no matter what you've done during the week, no matter how guilty your conscience may be, you at least have not so far removed yourself from the spirit. You have not committed the impardonable sin. You today have hope. Amen. Then he goes on and he says this. He goes on and says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So do you have the Holy Spirit? Are you able to say with me, church family, Jesus is Lord of my life. 
Say it louder. Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen? So the Spirit of God is here. And if the Spirit is here, just like we gave some gifts to those that came with a baby dedication, we evil people know how to give good gifts. How much more the Spirit of God? Right? And so the Spirit is with us. Jesus is blessed. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Just like Pastor Brooks laid out, if we have Jesus in us, then we're going to receive the gifts, right? That's exactly what it tells us next in Corinthians. Watch what it says. It says, there are diversities of gifts, or there's different kinds of gifts, but what is the same? It's the same spirit. The same spirit that says Jesus is Lord, that says Jesus is blessed, is the one who disperses different types of gifts. Then it goes on. There are different ministries. We have a leader's meeting after our fellowship meal. And there are different leaders that lead in different ministries within the church, right? But what is the same? Same It's the same Lord. It's the same Lord. It says there are different activities. Do we not do different activities at the church? Some you want to participate in, others maybe you're not as interested in, but what is the same? It's the same God God who works all in all. Do you notice those words there, all? That means every single one of you. The Spirit of God is not looking to work through some of us, but all of us. If you are not working in the church, then you're lacking something. You're you're desiring still something better in your life because you are not fulfilling Jesus being Lord of your life. And Jesus is not able to be the blessing that he needs to be in your life. Because my friends, it's the same Lord. It's the same spirit. And he's the one that gives the gifts. And he's the one that says, all of you should be working. He prayed with fervent tears. Lord, send out workers. But unfortunately, the work is great. But the laborers are often few. Isn't that true? Could it be? Could it be different at Bucks? Could this be a church that says Jesus is Lord? That doesn't just spend a month focusing on prayer and then go on with their lives, but actually said, no, prayer is going to lead and direct me. Jesus is my Lord. And we're going to not just go to heaven ourselves, but we're going to bring our families with us. Amen? Then it's going to take the Spirit of God, and it's going to take you using gifts that you didn't even know you had. Goes on to say in verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given only to the pastor. It says to each one. Hmm, that means you? 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 Right? All of you. Right? To each one. God is not a God who says, well... Uh, maybe when you get over that addiction, then I'll give you something. Maybe when you start having your devotional time more consistently, then I'll give you something. No, that's not the way the Lord works. He was hanging on a cross, literally gasping for air, and the man next to him said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus stops focusing on his own suffering, and he looks over at him and he says, it will be. Are you understanding? The moment you ask, he's more than willing to give you good gifts. But why is the gifts given? For what purpose are the gifts given? So that you could come up in the front and everybody can go, wow, great job. No? According to the scripture, why are the gifts given? To profit everybody. Amen? 
guys, if a message is preached and you remember nothing except for that it was a good message, it didn't profit you anything. Are you following? Remember how the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? The Lord would want you to receive such wonderful things, but the devil has tricked us into thinking, oh, if I emotionally was carried in the message, if, if something spoke to me for a moment, even if I can't remember it, we walk away satisfied that it was a good message. Let's throw that away. Forget whether it was a good message, and let's see, is it a life-changing message? Are you following? Because we're not going to heaven because a good message was preached. I bet you Noah preached some good messages, but it didn't help those that were banging on the door when the the flood came, did it? It only helps those who receive it. Are you ready to receive the gift of the Spirit of God. Are you asking the question, Lord, what would you have me to do? So before I go on, I want to make sure, because I like to give people lots of of notice. You know, I I, I was at the school and I saw that, you know, they were telling the kids, it's the end of the quarter, you got one more. You know, we're kind of at the end of the quarter of, of Earth's history. We've got a few more things to take place and a lot of us aren't ready, right? And so what I want to make sure you guys know is, is you've got an assignment over the next two weeks. Don't get too excited. It's actually not a very difficult assignment. It might require that you have some knee pads because you're going to need to get on your knees. I I would hope. If you can't get on your knees, you know, improvise, whatever you can do, but you want to get down like this, okay? And I want you to do one thing. It's not very hard. If you get anything from this message, this is what I want you to get, all right? You're just going to ask this question to God. Lord, what would you have me to do? And I want you to ask it over and over and over again until you are certain that God has asked you to do something because he said each one of you. Are you following? I don't want you to just ask him, Lord, what do you, oh, I'm good at singing. All right, Lord, thank you. I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, if he asks you to do singing, then do singing. Do you follow what I'm saying? But I don't want you to just settle an answer for God. I want God to speak to you. You know that still, small voice, that, that voice that speaks to each of us. I want you to hear that voice. And I want you to keep asking until you hear that voice, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because in two weeks, and how long? In two weeks, after Global Youth Day, when I come back here and I preach at the end of my sermon, so no one is shocked, no one is unprepared, I'm going to be handing out a piece of paper that says on it, Lord, what would you have me to do? And I'm going to be asking that you fill in the answer and put your name on it. Put your phone number on there if you want. Because, my friends, if you don't have any accountability, you'll never do anything. You understand that? That little still small voice will just melt away. And that gift that God had for you to profit all of us would go unused, spoiled. And your children, your children would never see the influence of their mom or dad or, or brother or sister or someone else actually doing something that, that God asked them to do. And they would, they would miss the miracles that would take place when you go, but Lord, I'm not good at that or I'm scared to do that. They would miss the miracle of seeing how God provided water for you, how God provided food for you, how God provided a way of escape for you. And then some people would have the audacity to say, 
Some people would, would, would start to question and think that there's a different God today than there was in the days of Joshua and Noah and Abraham and Isaac. That, 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 that there's a different God than the one when Jesus walked this earth. That we don't see miracles like we saw before. No, that is not true. It's a lie. God is still on the throne. And his spirit is still the same spirit. His desire is still the same. And he wants to give good gifts. And everyone who came to Jesus and everyone who asked of Jesus received a good gift from him. And he is no different today than he was before. The difference is we're too busy. We're too satisfied with good messages. And we're way too comfortable letting other people serve us. So we want spiritual gifts. We got to get spiritual. Is that a little too much? Are you following me so far? All right, well, let's dive into this book again. I know it's a sharp book, but let's see if we can see what else it says. Verse 8. It says, for to one is given the word of wisdom. What in the world is that? Do you think we need that at times in the church family? Someone with the right words at the right time? Words of wisdom. You know what I've realized when I went through this list is that you may receive all of these gifts, not just one, but at different times. Say that again. The word of wisdom. Very good, yes. The word of wisdom. From God. God is the God of all wisdom, amen? So for to one, they receive the word of wisdom through what? The same spirit, right? All right, to another, hmm, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Do you think sometimes we could use some knowledge? Knowledge and wisdom are different, aren't they? We need both. Sometimes we just, you know, for the person that says it so wise, we give them the applause and all that, but maybe what they said Take someone that actually can put the thought behind it to bring it to pass, and that person may get no applause. Yeah? But it's still a gift of the Spirit, amen? Do we need it in our church? Yes, we do. All right, what about this? To another... Hold on, yeah, I, did I skip one? Oh, no, it's there, okay. To another, it says, faith by the same Spirit. Do we need faith to see these miracles? Now, I think all of us receive faith, don't we? We all need it just a little bit. Jesus said, if you had the, the faith of a mustard seed, but there's some of us that will receive giant faith, right? In that time. And they're going to say, hey, you know what? I think we could fill every pew in this church. So we also, what? <laughs> Maybe their faith isn't there yet. But we need people with giant faith, receiving the gift of the Spirit that says, hey, you know what? I'm not satisfied with what we can do. I want to see what God can do. Amen? So some receive the gift of faith, and others, it says, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. We just had an anointing service. We've seen healings in this church. Amen? We know that that gift is still alive and well. And God may give that gift to you at different times. Maybe at some point you may have never had that before and God puts upon you this gift and you're able to heal someone, but you decide, oh, you know what? I'm too scared to listen to the still small voice of God. So that person has to suffer. Are you following? God is giving his gifts not to give you an applause, but so that he can receive glory. And if you're wondering where he is, he's saying the answer is, I sent them, but they didn't go. Because remember, he needs you 
to use the gift. He's the one with all power, all authority. He's the one who has everything, but he has used his means by which he says, here it is. Grab it. Moses gets this rod in his hand. He goes, it's just a rod, Lord. And he says, cast it to the ground. Cast it to the ground. And next thing you know, he's running. It turned into a serpent. Was that because Moses had some sort of special ability that he was using to do that? It was a gift of the Spirit. God says, now go and grab it. He says, that thing's going to bite me. He goes and grabs it by the tail. It turns back into a rod. Was that by any talent he had? Could he have done a spiritual gift inventory and figured out that he could take a rod and turn it into a serpent? No. But he also didn't have that power all the time. He had it when it was needed. The gifts of the Spirit are given for a purpose when they're needed. So your gifts can change because circumstances change, people change, areas change, and God needs you to always be looking, always asking, Lord, what would you have me to do? And we got to stop thinking about whether we're good at it or not. Who told us that? That'll leave us naked without the covering of God. That is the knowledge of good and evil, my friends. Because you think that you're doing good through your, your gifts that you've already had. You can be like God. But yet you have none of God in you. That's evil. That's evil. To another, the working of what? Miracles. We've seen miracles at this church. Amen? God might be calling you to be a part of a miracle. Have you ever considered that? You. A miracle in someone's life. To another prophecy. We're about to have a prophecy series. But it's not just talking about that. This is talking about prophesying, speaking. I was just at uh, you know, the gym, and, and I saw Max, and he's been prophesying at the gym. And he's already leading people and telling them there's, there's an upcoming series. He's already working. Now, I don't, I don't see all you guys at the gym, or I would, I'll, I would call you out too. I'd give you the props. But the question is, wherever you are, wherever your gym is, wherever your dwelling place is, wherever you're meeting people, are you preparing them for the series? Are you telling them that they could be expanding their life by another 11 years just by coming to church on Sabbath, just by learning about the Sabbath and the blessings of God? Are you telling them the good news? Are you telling them that we have a church filled with the Spirit, that we have gifts of healing and miracles and prophecy and faith? Or are you afraid to invite them to church because they might not hear a good sermon? <laughs> In fact, you can't remember the last five sermons, let alone the last one. So why should they come if you can't remember it? I'll tell you a secret to remembering things. You got to talk about them. You got to think about them. And you got to look and think, you know, wonder if there's some sort of value in it, right? So if there's no value in it, you probably won't take notes. If it's just an emotional roller coaster, you just like the way someone looks or the way they talk, you're just going to sit there and be entertained. But what is that going to do for you? Nothing. We need to desire what's best, the spirit of the Lord. Amen? The voice of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, the benefits of the Lord. So to another receives the discerning of spirits. Do you think we need that at Bucks County at times for someone to be able to say, hey, I discern that the spirit of God is here. Or I discern this isn't the spirit of God. I mean, we need some discernment. Sometimes a lot of good ideas come up, but they're not all God's ideas. God will give you the gift at times. 
to another different kinds of languages or tongues. Does God still speak through languages? Yes. Every once in a while, God does some amazing things where he's able to help us communicate better in a situation where you didn't think you could communicate with that person. Maybe that person speaks in such a way that it's almost like they're speaking another language. Maybe he gives you the gift at that time of interpreting tongues. Sometimes that needs to happen when the speaker's up here. Not all speakers speak in a way that you understand. Some have very thick accents. Some speak very slowly. Some speak very fast. Some speak things and you're going, what in the world are they saying? And how does this benefit me? Am I telling the truth? The Spirit of God, if you ask him could give you the ability to understand. And at times you might be up here and you go, I don't know how to communicate to these people. I can't even communicate to my wife. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you the gift of tongues. It's not always what you think. Sometimes we can all speak the same language, but not hear each other. Are you following? If the message gets across, that is the spirit of God. Because each of you have a different understanding. I mean, there's dialect in Philadelphia that I'm still learning. There's dialect in New Jersey. There's dialect at the Bucks County Church. There's certain ways that you guys communicate with each other, certain things that mean things to you. We need the Spirit of God. These are not gifts that you just have inherently. These are gifts from God. It says in verse 11, but one and the same spirit does what? Works all of these things. Guys, it's not one. We don't have a God of wisdom and we have a God of miracles and a God of faith. We have one God and he gives to each a measure accordingly to what is needed. So how do you inventory that? If you had done a spiritual inventory on Moses when he was younger, you probably would have got a certain picture. But then if you got a spiritual inventory after he spent time in the wilderness, you would have got another picture. If you had a spiritual inventory with him after he talked to Pharaoh, you'd get another picture. If you did one after he heard the bickering and complaining of the Israelites for 40 years, you would have got another picture. But none of those pictures would have been right. They would have all been the past. Because here's the problem with spiritual gifts. Is they're just like God. They're ever moving. Every time you think you get your hand on it, he moves it. Why does he do that? Not to frustrate you. Not to make it. Because he knows what he's trying to accomplish. And he says, okay, they're not going to walk unless I dangle this out here. And you get there. Ah! And then he goes... Okay, now over here, ah, <laughs> right? And he keeps moving you for what purpose? So that you could be where he needs you to be. So you could talk to that person he needs you to talk to. So that you could witness to that person. So that person can know that God lives. Amen? Now it says this, distributing to the elders of Bucks County Church. No, not to them. Poor elders. I'm sorry. <laughs> Distributing to what? Each one. Each one. And then it specifies individually as the pastor wills, Bucks County Church wills, the manual wills, as he wills. I want to make sure this drives home because if he says individually, if he says each one, then if you go to him and you say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Then God is not going to speak corporately in that setting. Are you following? He's going to speak to you individually and he's going to give you an individual answer. And it's up to you to believe him. Because it might be like this. He, you might say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he might say, well, actually, I'd like you to preach a sermon. Well, God, that was not your spirit, I know. Because you know that's not my gift, Lord. Let's try this again. <laughs> Lord, what would you have me to do? You follow, it takes faith, doesn't it? He might say to you, hey, I want you to go and pray for that person you know is sick. 
Lord, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean, my own mother passed away and I pled and pled and, and, and Lord, you didn't heal her. How are you asking me to do this? And God says, I'm telling you to go. Are you following? This is a dangerous thing. I just want you to know because it's individual and you're giving God permission to do what he's been trying to do your entire life since you were born. You know, when he fashioned and formed you in, the, in your mother's womb, he's been, he's been preparing you for this day, for the day that you would come to him as a father and say, Father, what would you have me do? And then you got to trust him. That's the hard part, isn't it? You got to trust him. Is he going to help me through this? Is he going to, is the rod going to turn into a snake or is it going to still be a rod when I throw it down? Don't worry what it's going to be. Just throw it down. If he says, come up here, you go, well, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the next five minutes. If he says, go, get up here. And you might turn red in the face and you might shake a little bit and, and, and you might look out there and go, what in the world am I doing? No one's going to like this at all. And you just have to cast that aside. And then all of a sudden the spirit of the Lord takes hold of you and someone is touched because of your message. As much as you fumbled through it or whatever it was, that person says, you know what? And I've heard it a thousand times when the spirit of God is moving. They say that message was as if it was written just for me. A guest comes and God knew that guest was coming and, and because you had been faithful to him, you will have the message prepared for that guest. My friends, if you could lose sight of yourself and you could realize that God has a purpose in everything he's doing, it would take a lot of fear away from you. What is it that God wants to accomplish at Bucks County? What does he not want to be here? Huh? No schism? What is a schism? No divisions. He wants us to be able to get along with each other. Well, that could be difficult. I skipped a lot of verses here, but if you read the verses before, because you should do your homework, a sermon can never give you everything that you could get on your own with God. Amen? If you look at the verses before this, the context was some people were going, oh, I'm the head or I'm the, 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 the arms. I'm the one moving this ship along. And God says, hey, hold up, hold up. It doesn't matter if God asks you when you ask that prayer and he says, I want you to sew this piece of fabric and take it to someone. It, it doesn't matter how minor it might seem to you or to anyone else. We're all part of one body and we need every one of you. Every one of you is needed to be working. Every single week for six days. I know that's enlightening to Seventh-day Adventists, but six days you're supposed to be working and you thought he was talking about whatever you wanted to do. No, he said, you got six days to do my will. That on the Sabbath, you could come to the church and you could say, ah, oh, it is good. I have done his will and it is very good. Where did you get the idea he was talking about punching in at work? Are you reading the same Bible? I thought Jesus said that I was about my father's business. I thought we were Christians. Christ in us. Yes? So we should be doing his work for six days. How many of you guys, don't raise your hand, have been working for Christ for six days? If you cannot answer that as a yes, then you have not experienced the rest on the Sabbath. Let me repeat that one more time. If you cannot answer that you have worked six days intentionally following what God has asked you to do, that if you come to church on the Sabbath, you are observing God, you're observing others keep the Sabbath, but you cannot keep the Sabbath if you have not followed six days of work. The Lord's work. 
And it could be the smallest thing. Maybe day one, it's a word of encouragement to your spouse. Maybe it's an encouragement to your child. Maybe it's giving something to someone or speaking a word of knowledge or speaking, you know, a word of wisdom to someone. Maybe it's a gift of faith that day, but you need to identify what is it that God has asked me to do every single day. And then corporately, you should be doing something at the church because you're so used to giving yourself to God that it's just natural for you now. We need to get some new habits, don't we? You could do this at your regular job, can't you? Could you give words of knowledge and wisdom and understanding? Could you work miracles at times and all of a sudden your boss comes and goes, wow, look at all this that God done. You could pray at work, can't you? Have faith in God at work. It says, but that the members should have the same care for what? Why are we doing this? Because we care. Why are we asking God to make us uncomfortable? Because we care for someone else besides me. Right? Can you do that? Someone else besides yourself? Can we care for them? Then you're going to do things that are going to get you uncomfortable. Didn't you do that when you started dating someone you cared about? Or you just stayed what was, what was comfortable? When you went on that first date, was it super like, oh, you know, like, yeah, you, you enjoyed it because you cared to be around the person, but you probably wouldn't have done all those things or said all the things you said or stayed up late into the night talking the phone and texting and like, the little smiles and giggles as you're receiving these texts and all this stuff. All this stuff happened because you cared. Yes? Why do we stop caring in the church? Why is it so hard for us to come out on Wednesday night or jump on Zoom or, or get a midweek boost? Or why are our churches, not just here at Bucks County, but across North America, why are people starting to stop doing anything together except for on Sabbath? Why are our churches starting to, to die off and the youth not being here and, and, and going off in other directions? I'll tell you, it's because the Spirit of God is not working amongst our members. And there are schisms and there are people who just simply, the love of Christ has grown cold in their heart. They're tired of doing it because they're the only ones who do it week after week. And they've not really been following the Spirit of God. They've just been doing what they're good at. And they want to know where God is. I remember there was this movie called The Three Musketeers. Anybody ever remember that movie? They said all for one and one for all. They were reading 1 Corinthians, weren't they? If one member suffers, all the members suffer. So if one person is hurting in the church, all of us should be hurting in the church. Are you following? Now all of a sudden, spiritual gifts really matter because if we're going to stop hurting, we're going to have to start visiting each other. We're going to have to start talking to each other, writing each other letters, encouraging each other. We're going to have to start thinking every single day of who I can be a blessing to. And some of us might need to start even one step back. We might need to go, God, I really don't care about my church. Can you change my heart? That might be an honest prayer. And it's okay if that's you. Don't sit there and beat yourself up. Just know the step is you got to ask God because you can't force yourself to care. It won't happen. you got to ask God to give you that gift. If one member is honored, all the members that are rejoiced with it. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? We're all a team. If one person has a victory during the week, we can all celebrate on the Sabbath. Wow, look what God has done. And this stuff is powerful. Now you are the body of Christ. If you want to see Christ, you got to see his church in action because that's the only body that we can see. 
You are the body of Christ. Where is Christ? It's only when the head and the toe and the eyes and the feet and the toenails and the fungus are working together. (laughs) Are you following? Every piece, whether you think it's important or not, needs to function and flow together. And God has appointed these where? In Bucks County. First, apostles. Apostles are those that are going to go out from Bucks County and find ways to reach those that have not been reached before. Amen? Second, to prophets. He's going to send some of you out to the YMCA and to, you know, Anytime Fitness and to, I don't know, I'm talking a lot from the gym because I like to go there. I don't know about you, but wherever it is that you like to go, maybe it's a bookstore or wherever it is, but he's going to send you so that you can prophesy and tell people about the coming of the Lord Jesus. Third, teachers. We need teachers. Amen. He's going to send out teachers. And after that, miracles. Guys, if we haven't done the first three, how are we going to get to the after that? You want to know where the miracles are? Where are the apostles? Where are the prophets? Where are the teachers? When they go, the miracles follow. Are you following? Healings follow. Helps. Administrations of varieties of tongues, different languages follow. Are all apostles? No, you're not all called to go knocking on doors and doing all that. Not every one of you, but we need some of you because we got some leads coming, by the way. Apostles be paying attention. Are all teachers? No, you're not all called to be teachers. Are all workers of miracles? No, you're not all called to be workers of miracles, but don't do this mistake and say, well, I'm none of those things. Because I thought I read each one individually, God has given a gift. Yes? Do all have the gift of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But here's the, the message title right here. But earnestly desire what? The best gifts. You know what the best gift is? It's the gift you're using. Is that really hard? Desire the best gift, the one that God has given to you. And yet, he says, I'll show you a more excellent way. And I don't know, I, I had all this in my mind that I could share all this and much more to you, but I, I'm just realizing that time is running short. So maybe I won't take you anywhere else. Maybe I won't take you to 1 Corinthians 13 and show you the better way, which is love. And what love really is, maybe I won't take you to the passage that says that we're living in the very last days and so the gifts of the Spirit of God are being poured out and we need to use them. But I'll at least tell you about it. Because I want to make sure if you walk away from this message that you don't just walk away and go, oh, I enjoyed the message. Or maybe you hated it. Maybe you don't like the way I speak. Maybe I don't look the way you want me to look. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I hope if you took anything from this message, you took one thing. Lord, what would you have me to do? And, and, and you seriously took that home with you. And you talked about it as a family. You talked about it with God. And then when you came back here in two weeks, You were ready to say, this is what God is asking me to do right now. It may not be for the next five years. Maybe God is sending some of you to the cradle roll department. Maybe some of you are going to to go and do these different things. So I want you to understand, there's there's what am I going to do in the church and what am I going to do during the six days? They're, They're two separate things, but they're the same Lord, the same spirit. Are you following? So every one of you should be working in the church. Is that clear? doesn't matter how small or minute it might be. You might be the second greeter. Do you know we learned about a second greeter? You may not be on the official greeting staff, but you might be an assistant to the greeter, meaning the greeters are there. They're greeting people, giving them the bulletin, welcoming them. But you might take it upon yourself to say, hey, you know what? I see that individual there, and I see that they're visiting. They're new. I'm going to take them on a tour of the church. I'm going to decide to sit next to them. I'm going to tell them that I'm praying for them. You might be a person who says, hey, you know what? I saw that name come out of the box, 
and I know most people are just going to forget it as quick as it was pulled out, but I'm going to take that name home with me, and I'm going to pray for that individual, and I'm going to send them a card. Guys, it doesn't have to be hard, but it needs to be what God is asking you to do, and he's not asking all of you to do the same thing, but that still small voice, listen to it. What is God asking me to do? This is the appeal. This is the message. Pastor Brooks laid the foundation. You need Jesus. Amen? But now that you have Jesus, now that you know that you have the Spirit of God because you've said Jesus is blessed, and you have said with your own lips, and no one without the Spirit of God could say this, you have said Jesus is Lord of my life, now let him be your Lord. Let him be your Lord. Lord means he directs your paths. You're done with following your idols. It's time to follow God. And some of you he's going to send out as apostles. Some of you as prophets. Some of you as workers of miracles, administration, and healing. Not all of you are going to get a big applause. But I'll tell you, all of you will have your names written in the book of life. I just want to thank all of you for taking the time to focus and listen to the Spirit of God today. Not on me or my words. Whether you're watching online or wherever you are, if you're visiting our church, I want you to know this church is filled with the Spirit of God. But I also want you to know that we, like the children of Israel, sometimes have been slow to follow and, and quick to complain. But we've decided today, we've decided today that we're going to ask Jesus individually, what would you have me to do? And we're going to see miracles take place at Bucks County. Not so that we can believe, but because we believe, we're going to see people healed at Bucks County. We're going to see people helped with real life help. I mean, depression removed, anxieties removed. We're going to see things happen at Bucks County, and these church pews are going to start to fill because people are going to hear that something's happening at Bucks County. But it won't happen because of your pastor. It won't happen because of your elder team. It will happen individually as each of us say, Lord, what would you have me to do? So be ready. I don't want you all to skip in two weeks. <laughs> Just know I'm looking for you. I see each of your faces. See where you're sitting. I know when you close your eyes so you can focus. <laughs> but I want you to know it's coming. And I want you to take it seriously. Because the final verse I was going to take you to said, be serious about this. Understand the times you're living in. Pray to receive the best, the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm going to pray with you now. I'm going to give you an example. But you need to go home and you need to preach this sermon day after day after day. And when I come back in two weeks, you should be ready, excited to receive that paper so that we can now help you to experience God in a real way in your life. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, Lord, today you have spoken to our hearts. I know that you have spoken, Lord, because there's only one spirit there's only one faith, there's only one truth, and your word has gone forth. And you said when your word goes out, it will come back and accomplish its purposes. It would not return void. And Lord, you cannot lie. And you said that you would speak to us each individually. You said in your word that your people would hear your voice, that they would know that it was you, that your, your people would come together, that all the scattering that the enemy has done, that the enemy, the devil has done to us, that that would be undone 
by those hearing your voice, that we would come back together, that there would be no schism, there would be no divisions amongst us, but Lord, that you would use each of us individually. And so, Father, because you have said this, I am asking, I'm asking personally, what is it that you would have me to do? I, I'm not going to rest the fact that I'm a pastor or that um, I'm already doing your work. But Lord, I'm asking also for myself that you would speak to me, that I would know what to answer when you say, Lord, what you have for me to do, that I would have an answer. And that I wouldn't rest in that answer today or tomorrow or, or, or once I put in there, but that week by week, day by day, I would live by this. Because Lord, I am no better than anyone else. I have struggles and I get distracted and I have temptations and, and at times I, I feel empty and I feel alone and at times I, I do things that are just a distraction and waste of time. But Lord, you're coming and I've seen your miracles. I've seen what you can do. But yet, Lord, it's so easy for the flesh to just get in the way. And so I know, Lord, I know that your people that you've called me to minister to, I know that they struggle the same way. And so I pray, Lord, I pray that they would take it seriously, that they would talk amongst their families, that they would take some time to focus on what they've heard today, that they would realize that each one is given a gift and at times, different gifts and different things to meet different situations. And Lord, I pray that we would stop trusting and relying on ourselves and our idolatry of our own self and our abilities, and that we would leave these Gentile and pagan ways, and we become Christians who rely on an almighty God of whom there is nothing that is impossible, and that if you ask us that you will provide for us everything that's needed and a way of escape when we meet obstacles that we cannot see to overcome and we don't know how to get through, may we trust that you will part the sea if need be. But Father, I pray, I pray for our church family. Please speak to us over these coming weeks. May we not wait for two weeks. May we see miracles before that. May we have encounters with you before that. But Lord, I pray that within two weeks, your people can be ready to answer the question of what they're doing here. What is their purpose at Box? And what is it that you want to accomplish through them? I thank you for hearing this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.